The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Just a note for today, we had some technical problems at the end of the podcast, so it ends slightly abruptly. We will have links online posted to our final thoughts. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and this week, welcome to the greatest show on earth as we look at the greatest showman, the sensation that's sweeping the nation. We don't know why. And so this week we're joined by Trevor Flynn and his girlfriend, uh, Megan. How are you, Megan? I'm awesome and also pretty drunk. Jack's cocktails are in full swing right now. Right, okay. So I think at this point we've had a bottle of wine, uh, Amarone, and we've had a we had a Amarone, and then we had a uh, we had a round of Brandy Alexanders, and uh, I also had oh don't forget the Manhattans. You oh, we us. had beers. Yeah, we both everyone had a Manhattan, and we had some beers, and uh, we also had I had a rum and coke, and uh, this is the way that we wanted to review the greatest showman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So first up, we're going to be reviewing the greatest showman inspired by the imagination of PT Barnum. The greatest showman is an original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. Literally none of that is factual about the actual PT Barnum, uh, which is probably my greatest issue with this show. I don't think it's actually a bad show on its own without the context of, um, I don't know, like the Disneyfication of P.T. Barnum is probably the biggest thing that comes into mind well, here. I wouldn't call it art, but another critic might call it a celebration of humanity. Oh, fuck me. What, where did that come from? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's in the movie. Like, this is a oh. critic proof movie because it's one of those movies that has a critic in it. And it's about his relationship to the critic, partly. And like, right, high right. society looking down on him is like, oh, what you're doing is just so scandalous. All these like diversified different types of people that aren't like welcome in high society and like tries to make it about that. I, I think that's the issue for my part is that it, this this is kind of like recasting Barnum as like an ally to the disenfranchised. And I think that as a whole, it's very clear that, uh, you know, it's kind of looking weirdly back. I mean, he was he was a, a, a bad uh, his, his 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 politics are so tied up in the time because he like performed he, like Abraham Lincoln. Welcome to the White House or some shit. And then he like was an abolitionist and put on plays for. Like with everything with a union spin, but he also like changed the ending of Uncle Tom's Cabin when they adapted it oh, for the stage. That, that was my like, favorite interpretation of him when he like changed Uncle Tom's Cabin to be a happy ending and all the slaves were free. Yeah, <laughs> which is just contrary to the point of Uncle Tom's Cabin, and I think that would be like a like. I mean, I, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure that's like probably glossing over something. Like, right, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think. Sure. Yeah, I think I think the issue with P.T. Barnum is that there's a lot of shit that happened in his lifetime. Most notably, was his first act was actually. Um, about a slave who was technically free at the time, but he used a loophole to keep keep her a slave. Yeah. And she was so old that she, uh, and that was the, that was the act is that she was supposedly like 160 years old or some. And shit. she was like a curiosity because she was mostly blind and half paralyzed, right? And he like trucked her around the city, showing her off, selling tickets to her, and made her work like 12 hour days of being shown off. 
and then when she died, he sold tickets to her own autopsy, proving that she was in fact much younger than she had said or he had said. Mostly he had said because so since he sold it, forever. that's how he got his start. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> also, also, that's the other thing about this movie. Everything that he's like, it, he's not the son of a shoemaker. He's not the son of like a like a like a jacket maker. Like he was actually highly wealthy. His his like uncle was literally a member of parliament and like and was a, he's wig. a wig. Yeah, yeah, he was a wig. So like, it's not it, P. T. Barnum was by no stretch this thing. And that's the thing is like this version of P. T. Barnum has zero relationship with reality. Uh, some I wouldn't say zero, but very very slight. Very very slight. And any, any suggestion that he by any stretch was like a like. Well, he was a philanthropist. He was a philanthropist in part. I mean, he was a philanthropist, but he wasn't. He wasn't a philanthropist. But he was also a slave owner at some point. He was a slave owner, and he was. There's multiple other in the north. Okay, well, look, 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 look. Let's let's settle down here. The point that we need to be made is that, like, I think that we can get past all the crap about P.T. Barnum and talk about this movie. Um, and I think that that's what I want to throw it back to Megan a little bit here and say, what did you think of the movie and of the of kind of, the, you know, because this is, again, like, we, we can consider it multiple things. Obviously, we're a lot of the offense from our side comes from, like, the thing that, like, and for my me personally, I'm actually not offended by P.T. Barnum as a person so much as I am, like, the movie that I want to see about P.T. Barnum is about him being, like, a shady salesman that realizes the error of his ways or something, which is kind of the core of this movie, but it's so Disney-fied that it can't get that out there for me. Because I, I want to see, like, P.T. Barnum doing some sketchy shit, which obviously he was all about since he, like, did shit like the first mermaid exhibit that he put up was like he sewed a fucking uh, which this which this fucking monkey head yeah on he, this, a, this uh, movie even references because he yeah. you know he sewed a tail to like a what like a fish head or something yeah it was a monkey head on a fish's body or something oh he lord yeah and that was like his the, his mermaid exhibit and, well, he, and don't forget he employed a four year old as a uh, as his first uh, small person. Right, right, right. was just like he, four or five. I don't, I don't know if that's actually bad that his like small person wasn't technically a small person. That doesn't. Well, he wasn't. He did have dwarfism, but he was also four years old smoking and drinking. Like, yeah, he just told him just go and smoke and drink. I don't know. It, it might have been the times. Well, I don't know. The a, kid had a talent. Like he had, he had like talent. So like he was helping him in a sense. That, that I would guess, be my like, my <laughs> counterpoint is that people eventually talk him and like he was he was officially doing like like the eighteen sixties version of stand up, <laughs> like acting like Napoleon Bonaparte. Like that's kind of funny in and of itself, if you know what I mean. Like I don't have I don't have a problem with like well no no not in the fact that he's a dwarf but in the fact that he's like doing an impersonation of a Napoleon Bonaparte. It's not like untread ground like fucking oh, just in that time when it was more recent. I, I I suppose so. I'm just saying that like a Napoleon Bonaparte impression is actually like funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if the joke is because he's so short as a person, then it's probably which was probably was the joke. That's pretty terrible. Um. But the the point I'm getting to here is that like we if we want to I want to go ahead and say that like on its own without the separation of the merit, I don't think that the Greatest Showman is also an okay movie, even with outside all the issues of allyship that like this movie like tangentially brings up, and I think is like like not is kind of like suggesting P.T. Barnum was. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go see it because we were excited about it, or at least I know Megan was because it was a musical, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a musical that's like getting like pretty good reviews because it's at least, a, that's what the critics kind of said that I read. It was like, it is a decent musical aside from the issues and whatever, but we yeah, didn't necessarily. I mean, I did want to go see it. I knew it was a musical. I enjoy seeing musicals for the most part. 
And so you guys looked up the history of P.T. Barnum when I wasn't around, but like from a musical standpoint, it's not really that great either. And like one of the big things about musicals when you go to them is how are they going to make the transition from speaking to singing? And unfortunately, the first time we get that transition in the film is this poor kid that they've put on a beach with one other person, and he is sitting on the beach talking, and then he's sitting on the beach singing. And it is Wait, really what? studio canned in that moment. So you're kind of hit with this. Well, the this, first, like, I don't mean to correct you, but the first thing. the first moment that he's singing is actually they have like a dream sequence where he, like the movie opens with singing. the first song. Right. Yeah, but it's. Right. So if it's opening with a song, there's not really a transition to be made there. Right. I'm, I'm confused as to why the transition matters so much. Well, it's kind of, it can be really jarring if you're going from like, hey, I'm talking now to hey, I'm singing now. Yeah, but I, I, I think Now, that- you've told me previously that that's what makes it a real musical is if there's not much for transition. And it's like, it goes right into the song. Versus like, no, whatever I thought about La La Land or whatever, where it's just like, supposedly You might have misunderstood me. Maybe I did. But... I mean, that's kind of half of it is how do they? How are they going to make those transitions? Is it going to be really jarring or is it going to be pretty good? And I think through the rest of the film, the transitions got a lot better. It's just that first one that I noticed at least uh, was really just kind of like, I went, whoa, okay, we're singing now. For me, the problem with the film is the actual audio quality versus that. Like, this is one of those moments for me where I'm like, Zach Efron is a good fucking singer, and so is and so is Hugh Jackman, and so is everyone else employed. Freaking Zendaya, <laughs> yeah, they're all good fucking singers, and the fact that they sound so canned in this performance is just like an audio editing issue. And I think this is the thing. Like, I think there's like some guys from La La Land were involved in this production as well. Um, but one of the things that like this is like this is something that I said about La La Land at the time. I thought it was both over choreographed and the production sound particularly canned when they were doing recordings of it, which is my problem with La La Land. Now, La La Land was so inventive. On the other hand, it, like that, it gets a pass for a lot of those issues for me. But I think that's the thing is that this is not this does not feel inventive in the same way, and those problems are. like stand out here even worse for me and like that's the thing is like a lot of the performances feel heavily canned especially as like as soon as you hear Hugh Jackman it's like his distortion of music like you you don't feel like it doesn't feel it feels so canned and out of the thing like you don't feel like he's actually singing on set and it's more there's more distortion in how people do it versus like kind of old methodologies of doing sing-alongs and that's kind of a big problem for me is that he sounds so everyone sounds so canned all the time also there's just an extreme level of choreography which is great for Efron and and Hugh Jackman's particularly because they they just like they have this personal magnetism but as we go on like there's this scene where they're like throwing shots back and forth across the bar and the bartender's in on it and it just it's just kind of quirky like I, I understand some people liking that but it's like for me that's like the definition of what's over choreographed and, and that's and that's not something it's that falls. I think there were more moments that were over, over choreographed. Right, right. I think that was the too. epitome, though, because yeah. it's like I don't understand what the bartender is in on, other than the fact that it's a musical. Because like he does, he has this look that he has to like both of them. Like, okay, now we're doing this part, and then he lines up ten shots on the table. And was like, what? What was that signal? Like, what? what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how is that? I don't know. Like. Um, yeah, I think that was the, the epitome of it was that scene because it was really fun for me up to that point, and then you and I were just both like waving our arms in the theater, being like, "What? Okay, whatever, you know." Like, right, right, and there's also the addition of burnt of, uh, um, yeah, Pete Barnum and Bailey. So Bailey's introduction as well, 
which I thought was actually a clever take on like reintroducing because this is all just like reforming Barnum and Bailey into like yeah. mythic heroes in its own way. Yeah. And one of the things that I'd say is that Barnum and like Bailey specifically here is kind of like the thought process is that he's the successor to Hugh Jackman as the guy that can actually sing and dance in movies, um, which he is. And I think that's a really cool takeover. But then there's this whole forced in subplot with him and Zendaya, uh, which I, I don't know, like it, it token feels... interracial relationship. Yeah. That's I don't know. Not, I just, um, you know, and, that, and that is that's... the time period. Like it's, it's definitely was an issue, but again, I don't think that happened that, Barnum and Bailey, like, I don't think either of them that happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think none of that's real. <laughs> that's like, and I guess that's the thing is like, are we like, is it okay for us to misremember Barnum and Bailey? As well, he's people? not even Bailey. His last name's Carlisle. He was like the theater upper crust guy, Philip Carlisle. Bailey doesn't even come into it, I don't think, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on. Yeah, check it. So, like, that's what I was thinking. It's like, oh, okay, it's Barnum and Bailey. Like, they go on a partnership together. But, like, Bailey doesn't even, like, I was looking at his bio earlier, and I was like, Bailey's just an investor that comes up later on. I don't know where Carlisle comes from and, like, the actual history of, like, yeah, the circus. It's the Ringling Brothers. I have no idea, like, where, like, what that character is based on, but it's pretty clear that his relationship with the trapeze artist is, like, manufactured as, like, this, um, like, tokenism like token interracial uh right relationship i'm gonna hold us there because i don't think necessarily that we're in the people to necessarily say whether or not it was tokenism or not i guess uh, i don't know like, because like obviously people have liked this film like that's the thing is like we're we're pretty negative on it i think i think a lot of the like, a okay. lot of a lot of the a lot of the critical response to this movie has been a meh is what is what is what I would characterize it as. Like what? Can, what? What? What aspect of their relationship can you name that they like have in common? Or like no, 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 no. And that, that, like it's, it's, it's melodrama. Well, my, at best, it, at best, it's an interracial melodrama. Yeah. Is what, what it is. I, I just don't necessarily know that we can claim that it's one on one a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's 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 perfunctory. At, it's at just worst. Well, in the context of the rest of it, it functions thematically as like. The epitome. No, of no, no. The as as stuff, as this like, as this whole thing of like like recentrifying, uh, like recentering, uh, ba- like Barnum, because Barnum goes off and Bailey is like the soul of the circus for a little while and kind of brings Barnum back into it, and that's and that's like that's fine, but that's not what like that's like, this is just such a it's such a loose reimagining of it, giving him the best play, and that's just the thing that I'm like I'm really weirded out by this need to make Barnum and Bailey into good people, and I know he's not Bailey. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I didn't mean to like, but like that's that's I'm just bringing that up because like that's how incongruous this is as to like compared with the actual story of. Barnum and his right like, and all of Barnum's his, and all of Barnum's shit. This whole thing, fine. like you can tell, like and I mean, you expect it with any adaptation, like they take different events and combine them. Like, okay, the he, the, the dwarf that he had that was playing Napoleon wasn't the four year old; he was like another dwarf that he met later on, right? Or um, like the fire that burned down the theater wasn't incited by angry riots of like the decency and like bigots or whatever, but was actually um, was actually Confederate. Right like, against a, a his Confederate anti, brotherhood. His anti, that, yeah, his, when he was a unionist. unionist issues. Yeah, that's and, that, and that's, did a, it. that's such a whole different political things, and I don't blame them for putting that in there. That right, like you can huge... see some of the choices there to combine those kind of things. Right, right, and that's the thing is like because he was a unionist, is it okay to then, frankly, like suggest that like this is the continuation of that? 
But on the other hand, they totally made up the like Jenny Lynn like adultery type. That thing. that bit was weird too because <laughs> Jenny totally Jenny Lynn did dump them him around the time, and it seemed to be a mutual thing where they like dumped it. But, they, but there was no sexual inclination with them, and the suggestion that there's sexual inclination is such a weird fucking take for Barnum, and it's just it's just such a I mean, weird thing. I always I took it when I saw the movie was that they like that there was nothing going on. She just did that to basically piss off his wife. Yeah. Yeah, like but, that was it. Like there was nothing no, going I on think right. she, the whole I, time. But yeah. but like the point is the point is like that that never happened. Like well, yeah, a lot of this stuff never happened. But like, isn't it a weird kind of like it's a plot weird point? Choice. Yeah, it's it's a weird, definitely a yeah, weird Yeah, either way, it's a really weird choice for the char- for the writer to come into this movie yeah. and be like, like, oh, what was happening around the tame pond? Like he, it's like he Wikipedia it in the middle. Like oh. He's obviously having a relationship. Well, he was on tour with her for three years or something. So, like, it it makes sense that. And he paid her more than any other person. Thousand dollars a night in like the nineteenth century was like (laughs) Like, a huge. (laughs) Like she was, she was personally incredibly wealthy by the end of it. Like that's and that's the but she she actually did like she actually did have a charity and she brings that like briefly like other in the movie other than the rest of the time you just kind of think she's a terrible person <laughs> like, I don't think I ever thought I did I don't think I ever thought well her song too is like about greed and selfishness and she sings it not like really unironically I don't think like she's like the lyrics are we'll steal the stars and it's not enough like it's a very I don't know well yeah but it's it's about Barnum and yeah. she's singing about Barnum yeah but like, she identifies but with that's it a, and they that's both a cool identify point. with it no exactly and that's the point is like they're the movie, like, is so Disney-fied, but at the same time, there's, like, the true nature of Barnum is in there. Yeah. And I'm like, have they come out, like, the question for me is, like, have they combined these two things together to come out to, like, a zero-sum game? And I think the answer for me has always been no. I think the answer for other people is is yes, it's okay. Um, but if it's okay, then we have to then, at least for the briefest amount of time, look at this movie and look at its own merits and try to decide whether or not it works as its own outside of all the context that's in it, which is what I was getting to earlier. What do you think of the movie on the context of itself? Well, sorry, and for my yeah, part, we kind of- my part, I don't think there's any musical moments that really particularly stand out to me. I think that performance feels overly canned, and I also think that the choreography is perfunctory and aggressively overdone at times. I thought the songs were okay, and I don't typically like lyrics and musicals that are really simple, because they typically are like really simple lyrics, but I like these fairly well. I like the music composition, but the arrangement was so heavily laden with all this pop, like... Um, just right. synthesize well, taking stuff your and point and taking Jack's point like Jack mentioned her song and putting it with pop so I'm they're talking about how she's like this famous European operatic singer yeah. and then he's gonna debut her as such in America and then she sings this super pop song I it's know. just an, another moment where you're like whoa that was not I, what I, I just said like that's, that, 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 like, that may not matter I, to either of I, you but it matters to me no no it, it does but it doesn't I, that's actually a pretty cool adaptation in my book. Oh like, no, I hated it. I, that's fine. Like, but you I was can't, like, they built up to this moment I, so fine, much, and then it just comes look, out sounding like everything else in the movie. Look, look, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. I get what you're coming from. I don't think that's personally. I don't think that's a valid gripe with this movie. I think there's plenty of valid gripes. I think my point is that like, if you're going to adapt older musicals, this might be a larger problem in musicals because they're adapting because modern musicals are adapting to pop tunes. 
to try to make their sound. And the problem is that I think it's causing this canned sound that's happening is because a lot of things are more post-processed. And because of that, most post-processing is slipping into musicals. It creates this canned effect where you don't feel like you're in the location. And so I think that's a problem. Well, like, I, I do not hurt that, that she did not like, I can tell you being a singer that she did not sing it like an opera singer would sing a right. song. Right. You're correct. like, this is not something that they did no, in I, the studio that they I know. Did it to her. I know. And I agree with that. I don't have a problem with the way that they did it. I don't have a problem with them modernizing things in that way because they, they got to do that because people aren't going to sit there and listen to an actual piece of opera. Yeah. But I think there's a, like there's a way to modernize opera in a way that people like it. Like, um, Oh my gosh. Fifth I may, I, yeah, I may get help for this fifth element. <laughs> they, they had this operatic song and they merged it into a, yeah. Like, and you, techno and you, can, thing. And you can get away with that in a, in a French art house movie, which is what fifth element is. That's, and that's, that and that would be my point is this is a mainstream American stage modernized. But the diva song did become fairly mainstream. Like mm-hmm. people know that's just me. I, I mean, no, I think it's mainstream. I just think it's mainstream for being like, like a cult classic. Yeah. Like this isn't like, you're not trying to sell this as a main, like a main stage American main. Right. The rest of the movie musical. doesn't bring up the song. Right. Yeah. I get it. Right. And, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like, I agree with you. I like mm-hmm. opera and I like opera more than the layman, but I wouldn't, if I was to put together a movie, I wouldn't try to sell opera because well, yeah. I would be wrong. And then that's the thing is that the rest of humanity, whether or not I agree with them or not, but I f- would not embrace it. But it's not just the arrangement that has the poppy beat stuff in there or the opera. It's like she showed me a video that they used to advertise, by the way, and get people in the door for this of just the studio sessions, them like rehearsing. Right. They're amazing. I looked at, I looked you at looked them. them. Yeah, they are amazing. They're amazing. And the way that it's cut and the way that it's um, balanced, it just sounds like all the like, not even the best parts of belting, which I don't necessarily appreciate is just like good singing if you can belt. But like it's it's the it's the it's the thinner parts of the belt. Does that make sense? Does that make sense at all? Like I don't know. Just, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, like, it's like the thin, it sounds so thin, and then there's so many people crying and singing at the same time in this movie. It's just like there's so much vocally just like thin, like weak kind of you know. Whereas it's so powerful just in that room. Like she was resonant, and when she's singing the same thing, uh, the right. lady, and- like it's so. It's it's just it barely it barely breathes. It's it yeah. just feels so like through a, heard through a tunnel. Like I yeah. can't. Breathe. And it's one of those things where it's like I think that her resonance. I think that's a big issue with this. Is that I think that resonance is not resonating correctly with the way that this movie is post processed. And that's my thing. Is like it comes back around. I don't have a problem with modernization. I don't have a problem with pop tunes. I have a problem with what pop tunes means for how musicals are being post-processed. Yeah. And it's and, not like we all want it to be Les Mis, right? But like... Well, I, I like an adaptation of Les Mis, and that's the thing, is we got that, and it's with like the super live right? in the moment, yeah. and it's cool, and I like Anne Hathaway's bit, and I like a couple of really good songs from Les Mis and that, that adaptation, but it will never, ever, ever be the, Les Mis, the version of Les Mis that I listen to. Right. <laughs> like, it just will never be that, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, it's the opera version where they just sing it. Yeah. It's not even acted out. And it's not like it fully has to be that way, and like, I expect that in musicals, but like, like you were saying with the kid and what they just kind of throw him into in like the first, well, not the first prologue number, but the first like in scene number. 
Like there are times when I forget, oh yeah, his 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 song is, is coming out of that person. Like he'll turn he'll back his back will be to the camera, they'll be acting and one shit, and then he'll turn back and mm-hmm. just like yeah. open try opening yeah, his mouth and lip sync. And it's just kinda <laughs> like, Oh yeah, he's doing that. Like yeah. I right. would have been totally fine with you just going to like this is no longer um dia 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 yeah. 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 Like I would have been fine with that almost to like just embrace the fact that it's recorded and just quit worrying about having the Which, which is something sync. that people do but, as well. And that's the thing is that you get like that's like the thing is like older show tune style. Like there's yeah. like it's it like you can barely hear people walking around on set because it's all about the recording and the thing. But there's there's a separation there that happens and works so well in this modern version. There's so much realism happening. There's so much extra like secondary mixed in stuff that it, 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 it breaks the fantasy that is the musical. And that's a weird that there's, there's so like they're adding in so much more technology into musicals now, just cause that's the style of filmmaking and they're accidentally breaking the nature that is the musical or the nature of like what separates like the out the thing. Exactly. Cause there's a special right? yeah. Like now I'm just listening to the song. Well, I can also in this case hear the ocean in the background and all this other shit. And there's, they're trying to stretch his sound, like his, his, his voice to sound like it's actually on a beach when he recorded it in the studio I and he's now like, on the beach. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if yeah. they wanted to add in the can shit later, like if that was actually what they were going for, they could have made a smoother transition if you just had this kid singing like a kid on a beach, and then as the song builds throughout the dream sequence, then you can add more stuff to it. It's also it's also the problem here is too is that like they're also like putting a lot of effort on the singing sequences to tell a story, mm-hmm. which is something that older musicals do not do. Really? Singing in a rain is about an emotional feel. You know what's happening. Like, there's no extra story elements that are triggered through seeing a rain. Whereas Barnum's entire personhood and his like dreams and ideals and everything is communicated to us through a song. Mostly a song that's like musical, but he's also primarily talking in, and that's a problem. Da 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 da. I'm talking this out, and this is my point, and I am this, and I want to do the greatest show of all time. Da da da. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. And that's and that's fine, but and and I that's actually probably better filmmaking from my perspective. And I understand why if somebody trying to reinvent the musical would essentially attempt to do that. I totally understand. Like the people that made La La Land were trying to reinvent. The exactly. Right. <laughs> no, it, it makes entirely too much sense. Yeah. At the same time, like it doesn't work. <laughs> Hello, Trevor. How are you? It's nice to see you today. Would you like to know what my ideals no, are and what my motivation for the rest of my time is? No, I would not. Yeah, it's, it's, it, the, the point is the point is is like I, that's that's fine, but it's like you don't get anything like Geely where it's just like here's a song now little little girls I don't know why I went to Geely <laughs> that, that was a weird pick I'm sorry guys <laughs> that was a that was a really weird pick <laughs> oh, boy um yeah but I think uh, I think there's yeah. I think there's an inherent issue with like how these musicals are being recorded. I understand and I want to reinvent the musical as well. I thought La La Land was a really good attempt to do so. It was a step in the right direction maybe. <laughs> it was a step in the right direction and this is like a step backwards for me. Yeah. And that's the difference is that in the continuation of what where musicals are heading or the these brave people that are attempting to make musicals happen. <laughs> Which includes which includes Hugh Jackman. I just I this was his thing, man. Like he, didn't we read? He was like, he's been trying to like revive the musical and get all this different shit, produ- you know, produced, and this is what stuck, and that he was able to get through, and then it was just so washed and like, I just, 
It's so like, tight. I mean, it's it's even outside. That's the thing is, like, even outside the tie to Barnum, it's weird, man. Like, it's weird. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. The whole thing for me doesn't coalesce, and that's the thing. It's like it's like I have quite. I, I don't. This is why I don't want to make it about Barnum because I don't know if the allyship of it works uh, or if it's okay even. I don't know, and and I but I I know that I feel well. I feel like you're skeptical. I'm that's what I would say. I'm, I'm highly skeptical that it is. I'm highly uncomfortable for some of the bits. I'm rolling my eyes during some of the like the perfunctory relationships things with Zendaya and Zac Efron, and I just don't going about with the help. <laughs> like it was like, so. like, yeah, it's just like even if it is, it's like it's like so. Oh, what are you doing? Like it's like it's almost like so. It's not. It's not progressive. Like, it's like <laughs> along the same vein, I feel like a lot of it. What I mean, it's called the Greatest Showman. It's obvious about P.T. Barnum, but it also felt to me like it was P.T. Barnum, and then you got this Carlisle guy who might be Bailey, and then you got the freaks. Like there's nothing that like they might say something here and there, but I just feel like they're all kind of a group. None of them really gets any, I don't want to say they don't get any character development, but they don't get any character development. Like, I don't know, I don't know Zendaya's name in the movie. Yeah. You know? No, I don't know. I don't know the bearded lady's name. I know. And the only reason I know is because it's just like, she's a bearded lady. Like, I don't know. And she functions as like the representative and they're like, they're Sort of. And she has that big song that's supposed to be really powerful, but it's not as powerful because I saw the video before I saw the movie and I didn't like the one in the movie as much as I liked the video. Because she has fucking cadence and resonance and can fill a fucking orchestra and it's more better when you just record it that way versus when you just can her and she just, yeah, and then you've got pull out all of her lower volume. All the rest of the freaks behind her dancing and like shimmying and doing something that's completely not within the tonality of the song right right I, and and that and that's the thing i think like i think that this is a i don't think it's bad i don't think it's like the worst movie i've seen but i think it's i think i do think the the term that keeps popping into my head is i think this is a mess and i think i think, it's, <laughs> I think it's, it, it just had so much to tie together and i don't want to take us back and then like barnum and the ethics and everything but i just thought of this and like from from reading it earlier, like what the the what's supposed to be the climax is when the freaks dance through the streets in defiance of like the bigotry and everything. But the it what when you look at what Barnum actually did, like the protestations from the community were more about him ethically. I feel like maybe valid versus the movie makes it look like they're all just creepy bigots who just didn't like other colored right, people right, like, like right, being right, visible. Like the guy in the newspaper like, who's like, "This is horrifying. This is super valid." It's super valid. <laughs> like the newspaper guy sounds like like they're like you don't love anyone newspaper man who can't see the fun of it. You have no joy. And it's like yeah. and he's like no like this man is like is like harming these people. Like, <laughs> like this creepy man is making is making these like horrible deformities into a sideshow. Like fuck this guy. Like that that's super valid. <laughs> like, yeah. and that would be my point. But at the same time, like uh, I don't. You know, I don't. I, I don't have the last word on whether or not this is wrong or right, and I don't want. I don't want to contend. To, but it feels a little easy. It feels it's a little easy. too easy. I, I, well, no, no, either way, it's perfunctory, and that's the other thing. It's like whether or not Zendaya's relationship with Zac Efron is like not 
like in some form or fashion racist. It's it's at the very least totally perfunctory to the existing plot. And their musical number that they have together and the trapeze is when, it, when the choreography I feel like gets to that like silly level to where like the, peak the choreography. They, yeah. And he like jumps onto her. <laughs> he jumps onto and her and nothing as she's happens like, yeah. in the laws of physics. He just jumps onto her. Like he doesn't knock her off her thing and she doesn't little, die like, and have a broken leg or something yeah. that she's using. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and that's the other thing is like she like just like wicks it up in this giant bag of rocks that can can like hold her own weight falls from the ceiling. Plus Zac Efron. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense. He like jumps directly at her and somehow her motion carries him through. This is why yeah. theater people hate musicals. You can kill people if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't go see this and then get inspired to work in a theater and then just not I, I don't know. I'm just ranting. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> that was an odd place to do that. M- musicals were always the thing too. I was always better in my uh plays than I was when I like we would do a co-show musical and then I wouldn't get a part. Well, I would get a part, but I'd be in no one wants to hear me oh, sing. Oh, I, I want to hear you sing. I, I, you, la, could, la, la. you could do I don't want to hear you sing that bad. But I mean, I, 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 like, you, you could have some, you could have some presents, I bet. Well, you're not, you're not Christopher Plummer. You I don't know if you look want to happy to see like, what, what was the first thing he went to? And now he's going to Sound Geely. of Music. Like, yeah, go back to Geely. <laughs> and white, clean uh, and bright. Peanuts. Okay. From jokes Sorry. about peanuts. There's so many jokes about peanuts. Ah! guys. <laughs> God. Like so, whatever, whatever so the upper mad. class want to make a joke about how like lower class and disapproved he is, they're just like mm, peanuts. Like, just... <laughs> or like, I love it. It's such a fucking complicated little girl joke to make a joke about a little girl. I smell peanuts, and I'm like, who the fuck little girls are these? What the fuck? <laughs> Like, what do you mean you smell peanuts? Upper East Side. It's some it's some <laughs> complicated shit. I don't want to be a member of that ballet class. I couldn't handle the taunts. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but I, no, I think I think overall, we need to get to scoring this because I'm not going to spend a ton Oh, God, time. I forgot about scoring it. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's 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 really, I, I guess, like, the, the, the final points here, too, is just, like, a... Overarchingly, like I don't think there's anything to be said about the characterization. My my point is, it feels like this would have been a better movie if it was just about the freaks, um, and just about like instead of about PT Barnum because it clearly wants to be about the freaks. It can have PT Barnum and it can have him being. A he should be the sideshow, and that would be like historical poetic justice. No, he shouldn't be the main no, character. No, I don't think. I think that well, that would never happen. Uh, it's not about us. No, it's not about. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not. You're wrong. It's 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 okay to make PT Barnum into a good guy in this. Like, I don't think he's necessarily like a bad guy. I think he's a. I think he's very much a product of his time. And representing that here is this guy that's like trying to make a buck and making a buck off him. And then at the end he has a turn, and that's fine. You can add a turn. You can add a yeah. non-historical turn into him. You just can't historically wash to this extent and expect me not to go um that's, <laughs> like, like that's the question like like we were in the theater with wikipedia on our phones like okay guys this may be like and that's the thing is like i don't like there's a lot of stuff that you can sail well, past the epitome me of musicals no, no. to me because they're always simplifying and in some you know when it's just a story that you come up with yourself that's simple fine but when you're going to adapt like something based on a historical figure and you're simplifying it like you know, that's the recipe for when it's 
he and not just anyone like Hamilton's a success sure and those are complex people maybe but like this was a complex man like 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 he he was was in the middle of the civil war and like going you know starting his career with a slave and then like becoming an abolitionist by the end of his life like I right 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 like show me that transition that's a cool transition to be in the happening in the back the background of the freak show movie which you clearly wanted to make which this movie like had to find the emotional heart and core of uh, and somehow it still kept being about P.T. Barnum. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. well, it was about both of them, but just not. Like, no, it's not about. The, it's not about the. Yeah, I, I, it's not. Yeah. Like they, they try to make it. About they they use them like cred, and that's what's bad. Ooh, they use them like cred. <laughs> that sums it up. Right. That's that's the. Now I know. Yeah. Like that's, I don't. Want, I don't want to like go there, but like it does use them like. Like he's not bad. He helped the freaks. Like Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm picturing like a chorus line, but with the freaks. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Like the. Ooh. And we're calling them the freaks, which is I don't feel like something we would normally do. Because the movie makes it like okay for them to be called freaks to an extent, you know what I mean? Like it's part of the yeah, thing. and, like, and that's know, the thing. Their identity. I don't, like, don't want to like, pull. I said this over and over to you guys. I don't <laughs> want to pull apart the identity politics of this movie. No, that's some complicated. Sh- I don't even think anyone that like has a right to say like knows knows because that's just fucking complicated. Yeah. What, like what it is and is not. But I think overall, I feel uncomfortable with it, and and sometimes uncomfortable is good, and sometimes uncomfortable is bad. It depends on like this is the it, bad kind. This is, the this bad, is kind. the bad kind of uncomfortable. That's my point. Like there's there's good movies that make me like you know Django and Chain makes me feel super uncomfortable, but that's good kind of uncomfortable. Or Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man makes you feel super uncomfortable. This is the bad kind. <laughs> like where you're like, is that a good plot point for you guys to be putting in this movie? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's go ahead and do scores real quick. Uh, we're going to start, uh, Megan, they're out of 10. Uh, we'll get started with Trevor. I'm going to give it a four for effort. As problematic as it is, um, to the extent that the music we have a problem with, I feel like that's those are all complaints that would make it a three maybe, but it's almost like I don't know. Um, it's good enough and well put together enough that if you like weren't curious enough to look into like what his backstory was in real life and everything, like you could view it as a potential success maybe and identify with it. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. <laughs> so, I'm really, no. really glad we're defending this, just this figure from like a century ago. You know, I just, yeah. I, don't, I think it's, I think it's reasonably well put together to merit a four. That makes sense. All right, but I don't think it's like half a good movie. I think it has a lot more problems than that. Megan, I'm gonna call it half a good movie. Okay, I'm gonna give it a five. Okay. Just because I think there were aspects of it that were good that maybe we didn't touch on. Like, the costumes were great. Yeah, we really didn't talk about anything that was good with it. (laughs) Probably should have at least. I think outside of the movie, I enjoy the music a lot more. Yeah. So, like, I would listen to the songs again. I just wouldn't watch the movie again. I don't want to see the choreography with the songs. I'm very interested to see if the soundtrack includes the canned versions from the movie. Right, I am interested to see that, too, because all I've seen are the videos on YouTube. I'm going to bet you dollars to donuts usually because La La Land was that way. I imagine that it will be that way. Now, I think it's easier to listen to without the visual cues because I think that's part of the issue of what's happening here is that the the secondary visual cues are causing us to break and and 
causing us it, to break in a really there's a, like a there's like a just no it's like an uncanny valley of music i don't know what they i'm sure sarah i wish sarah was fine i really wish sarah was on for this one I know. <laughs> god yes we'll yeah. have to ask her what she thinks about this if she ever does see it. i, I really she has. I, I feel like we should just make her w- listen to our episode and like she'll be screaming at it the whole time like Maybe. you need to know this music term i don't know from everyone here at the movie gang podcast thank you for listening 